Putting the pieces together with Jigsaw Learning focuses on stories from the field as leaders implement collaborative response. Join us every month as we invite our partners to share how they are meeting the diverse needs of students with the integral understanding that every child deserves a team. Welcome back to another episode of Putting the Pieces Together with Jigsaw Learning. I am joined today with Curtis and Lorna and Kristen Holtby from Wetaskiwin Regional Public Schools, who is the Director of Educational Services there, or one of the directors, I should say. Hey, Christian, thanks for joining us. Hey, Jen, how are you? Not too bad. So, so Christian, it's hockey season, and I know Curtis is a huge hockey fan, and we'll get to Curtis in a minute. It's all about you right now. Okay. You are currently the coach of a U18 team. I am. So as an educator what you do you think is one thing that's really prepared you to be a really good hockey coach and what's one thing you've had to kind of overcome from your educational background to lend itself to coaching sure well i i think from the coaching experience and being an educator you 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 have a really good understanding of how to clearly communicate with uh with your players or your students so i think the the two bridge well um to one another. I think uh, one of the experiences that I've had is just to see kids outside of an educational setting. So a lot of my job over my years with, you know, in education has seen kids in schools or kids on school teams and those sorts of things, but to see our community kids um, out enjoying the sport that they, they love and truly um, are, are, are engaged in, I think that's something that's really great because I think it translates into that educational side I think in vice versa of that, your experience of students outside of that that educational classroom setting, um, very structured in walls and those types of things, uh, is 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 great to translate those kids to see those kids as they they come into the school. Um, so those those experiences I think are they translate both and share really well with one another. I uh, I found from my own coaching too. I never realized it as a kid growing up through hockey. Same way as I never realized as a kid growing up in school of how valuable planning is in the background. And I found my lesson planning in a classroom, oh, it served me very well when you got onto the ice and realized, oh, I've got 90 minutes to do something and I can't do shootout drills for the entire time, apparently. The other thing that, that stands out to me is the relationship piece that, of course, you know, we talk all the time in, in schools about build how our impact in building those positive relationships is really significant, but that would ring true in hockey. Not that I have that experience. But <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, the, one of the things that I always tell, you know, the players is that you know, we work as a system, as a whole team to, to do something that we want to accomplish. And we have to be really clear on what we want to accomplish. And then we talk about how within that system, I guess, each individual team player has a unique set of talents and expertise and things that we want to. And I think that's, that's part of my role as a head coach is really exploit those pieces of those, of those players, right. And say that where they're, they're demonstrating that I've got skill here and I can really apply that to the team setting and it really um, shows and helps the whole team. But then also, hey, what are you having some challenges with? And then over, you know, their individual goals over the whole course of a season, how do I get better at something that, you know, maybe a head coach has picked out and said, you know what, those are pieces that you need to, 
maybe being, um, you know, focusing on. So that really translates the same way into the classroom, translates with your coaching and working with staff. So certainly, and even the role that I have is working with, with our, with our, you know, our leadership members, uh, teachers and classrooms and things like that. It's really that it's what, what are those pieces that we want to improve upon and get better at as a team? Right? Well, Christian, you are the perfect guest because you basically just set us up for where we're going of <laughs> understanding how do we take uh, special, unique skills and, and sets of the individuals and maximize it for the whole, which really is collaborative response in a nutshell of how do we go about this? So I'm going back to a few years ago when you and I first had a conversation around collaborative response and looking at Wetaskiwin Regional Public Schools. And you were at a place where uh, there was a strong foundation in professional learning communities. There was also a really strong foundation around response to intervention. Do you want to speak to that a little bit and kind of take us on a bit of a path on, on it leading towards an exploration of collaborative response? Yeah, for sure, Curtis. I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. So I think even 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 before we even got to that place, I think one of the pieces that I left out from our conversation too, Curtis, was that you know we we can speak back to even a further pastime in 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 Alberta when we had AC and it, during that AC kind of funding, we we had a divisional focus on lead learners in in our school divisions, and we were looking at high yield strategies out of Marizano's work, and we were having people that were leading. Um, small groups of teams and small schools into uh, pedagogical practices improving and why do we look at um, the skills that we bring to as teachers within to the classroom. So we started there and then ab absolutely our next journeys was through a, a CARC uh, sessions that we had down in Red Deer where we were sitting around uh, engaging in RTI and the work that was done with that. So with Buffum and them coming up and giving us some sharing where like these really pieces really fit well into where we are as a division to sort of frame up the work as far as how we were wanting to support our students and unify the work that we were doing at a division level. And then at the same time, I guess as, as it was, as that was going on, we had a lot of our system leaders that were partaking in um, professional learning communities through the decor work and things like that. It was really great to see that engagement and those pieces kind of were kind of coming together and piecing together and working with one another and we were in the process of okay how do all of these elements come and work and um, how can we best organize that and what was always at the foundation of our our ask about why we were doing what we were doing was it was centered around we're doing it for our students right so mm -hmm. to, to maximize um, their their our teaching and learning within our our division um, so that, that's kind of those pieces of journeys that we that we put together. And then through my experience, I guess I started to look at uh, collaborative response as, as kind of a next step or journey. And then things things fit in quite well, I guess, within that. Well, that always um, really resonated for me coming in and speaking with your schools. They could see so many hooks, um, things that they were doing that were connecting to the, the focus around collaborative structures and processes, data and evidence, and building out that continuum of supports, they could see some really clear connections early on, which I think was really attributed to a lot of that background work that you had engaged in as a system. 
Yeah, and I, I think one of one of the pieces, I guess, that we talked about, I know in, in speaking with you, Curtis, was that we it, it kind of came to fruition with our, our, our superintendent, Peter Barron, coming to us and having that experience and support with uh, working with other school divisions on a journey, you know, utilizing the structures of collaborative response and, and seeing that already starting to fledgling little pockets of that already existing within our school division. Mm -hmm. uh, he was able to orchestrate and understand how you know that might be a next evolutionary step uh, into that 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 world. So yeah, I love that um, recognizing too that your work through AC, which yes, we all remember those those days, but um, that focus on instructional practice and how that laid the foundation for some of this work as well, really uh, strengthening that the conversations around tier one and within your collaborative planning teams too. Well, and I think that's always been apparent too, is the reinforcement that you've put on leaders leading this work. It's not something that can be put off to a committee. Um, we need our leaders ready to engage in conversations about students and about instructional practices, which again, I think was definitely a precursor or Harkens the work that that had been happening in the division prior to mm -hmm. reaching out into collaborative response. Yeah, and I think another another key element that came from that, Curtis, was I think when we were looking at uh, how we were utilizing PLC and RTI and those pieces was that we didn't have a consistent sort of, I guess, structure or or way of approaching that work and so it was kind of I, I guess you know not a negative reflection but it was kind of a hodgepodge of pieces and people yeah. using those things and we weren't really in the orchestrated consistent effort moving in a particular direction and then when we started to see that cohesive change where um, from our leadership group we talked about that where we had a structure where we have a guiding coalition of leaders that were attending to specific areas of our of our board priorities, uh, engage the leadership group into this is how we look at moving these pieces and elements forward. It came from the leadership group. So we said as a uniformly and across the division, this is what we're going to do. So we had administrators coming in and saying, yeah, we this is the work that we want to engage in. We're going, we built our own um, school division strategic plan around how we were going to do the implementation, what types of support going to be in place. Additionally, we talked about what were our measures going to be, because one of the pieces that we also wanted to say is how do we inform ourselves around what pieces of data could we collect that we're actually having an impact when we're utilizing that structure. And I know, Curtis, we talked to you about using Jenny Donahue's work um, you know, around collective teacher efficacy. And what we really saw a really clear link that there's, you know, the, the six enabling conditions are really entrenched in the work that are, is around using the collaborative response structures and templates, the collaborative team meetings, the collaborative planning meetings, um, all of those pieces were clearly connected and reflective. Well, we feel within that work. So we use our, that survey to sort of collect evidence of is it actually enabling or creating those conditions of that? Do people know what we're doing our day job? Are we doing consistent and thoughtful data analysis and all of those pieces? Well, Jen, I know this is going to lead you because again, Christian led us right to it, a question around the guiding coalition. 
Um, I'm, it's something that we've heard in one of your schools where they talked about a school-based, but I'll turn Jen to kind of formulate a question around that. Well, that's exactly it. So I've had an opportunity to connect with the guiding coalition around collaborative response in the work that you're doing with the software associated to enhance it. Mm -hmm. But really, what do you see their role as the guiding coalition and what support do you provide them as the educational services department? So, so as the school sites have their own guiding coalitions and that can be made up of a number of different people. So we have people within our division that are inclusion coaches that are supporting our, that from that, I guess the student services side and supporting our, 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 our schools and our, our administrative teams. And really that guiding coalition, it can be um, a varying, whether it's a teacher and an administrator, sometimes it's a family school liaison worker, it's a number of different people that are informing what is the work that we want to engage in. How do we say, where are we at within each of the sites? Because we know, um, the journey of doing the work is not the same at each site. Do we have a roadmap? Yeah, we use we use a heat map or we've kind of modified, you know, expectations and things like that so that we're very clear as to what our journeys should be looking like within our schools, but we recognize, you know, different class sizes and different contextual variables have to play with that. So those are the guiding coalitions at their site that are doing the work that are saying, okay, how are we structuring our, our meetings? Um, how are we strategically planning? How are we reflecting on the processes um, and putting those pieces together? And then that other piece that I talked about is at the divisional level, which is uh, myself and a couple other, um, a bunch of other site administrators that do our overarching guiding coalition for the division. So we're the key element where we meet regularly throughout the year uh, to set and develop and revise our strategic plan. What does it look like? Um, build those timelines and expectations and then take that information forward to our um, system leaders during our leadership team meetings to say, hey, this is where we're at, build in time to collaborate and um, get together with one another. Well, and it's always that forward and backward looping, right, of being able to gather feedback, bring it back, adjust, but with the idea that that guiding coalition can inform so that there's a system movement forward, not just every school going on their own and you again ending in that place where or getting to a place where schools are at very very different spaces and um without clear expectations of where to go next I mean, your targets that you talk about are the yeah. targets clear yeah and it's great because i think when you're talking about that loop back and forth curtis is is that those people are also the people that are directly doing the work too yeah. so the credibility and understanding of hey, we're in this, giving that feedback loop to saying, you know what, that, that's not working quite right the way that we kind of envisioned it. It can't just be, it has to be done in that collaborative nature too. So we can't just be, well, this, this is auto, has to work without a feedback loop and people just go and do, it has to be that continuous cycle for, and cycle of improvement, right? It is because we're also celebrating, you know, along with that journey to say, man, that's fantastic or somebody, does something different and says, you know what, I structured our collaborative team meetings this way and embedded it into our, our, our school this way. Everybody's sharing that saying, okay, well, how does that look? Is that something that I can utilize in my school? Yes or no. How did they do it? Can I tweak it? So it's also that collaborative learning that's occurring too within our leadership team, who's, who's the instructional leaders of our, our, our school division. Well, I think that really speaks to that networking um, idea 
between your schools too, that um, we have a lot that we can learn from one another's successes and challenges, and that we'll just continue to build divisional capacity as we engage in this work now moving into second year. And, and, and I think it's the consistency of what we're talking about, because we all, we all know the journey. We all know the steps that we're taking. There isn't anything that's, I got to be out there on my own figuring this out. I'm actually part of the greater, everybody that's doing it is so helpful, right? Because they're in their journey, even though they might be a little bit further or a little bit back or the same place as other schools, it's still that journey and it's still supported by, by everyone. And I think that, that's one of those key key pieces that I've, you know, over the past couple of years, Curtis, that all of us doing that work together in the size of the division that we are is extremely important. Common language, common understanding. We have, you know, our norms that are within our meetings and our structures that we're attending to also. So we also as instructional leaders are embodying that work and that understanding. That, that ripple effect goes out to the entire division because we have teachers, of course, that move or talk to other sites. They go, yeah, we're doing that too. We're doing it a little different or this way, but yeah, we're doing it. And man, do you see the power of how that's working? Oh yeah, we do. Or oh, are you struggling? Oh, a little bit. Yeah, we're doing it this way. So. And that really speaks to that critical role of leadership too, because you've got the structures in place where those leaders are coming together to be able to share their experience and learn from each other, just, just like you were mentioning, Kristen. Um, I was just wondering uh, if you could talk about uh, some of those learnings that you've either heard from schools or even within your own experience, what would those learnings be? Well, where to even focus that, Lorna, is is really is really so. Strong. Basically, you just set him up, is what Christian's yeah. trying to. Say. Yeah. <laughs> he set himself up because he's the one who said over the he past did. couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, I think even so. So an example, I think even our our most recent efforts where we're looking at our collaborative team meetings. So we have that piece, and teachers are are engaged in that work. And, you know, depending on the size of the school, we have a school where it's all the teachers because there's five teachers. We also have, you know, examples when there's multiple pieces of those operating within, within one school. I think just the growth that we've seen about teachers focusing on and understanding the linkage between diving in and really getting to the key issue getting right down to that little piece and going, okay, here's, here's now, now what, what is the strategies that we're going to implement and having others around the table join into that to say, yeah, let's, let's, let's go and do that work or, or implement that. And I think that's a perfect place to go. And then them go and do that and come back to that and say, yeah, it did, didn't work or why, or what was the effectiveness of that to see that whole process and that journey from that would be some of the greatest learning that I've seen is that we've really um, improved that, I guess. And then that in turn has really impacted our, our students across the division and we see growth. And it's great to hear from, you know, that, that opportunity that we have with Maryland coming in and he's sitting in, we've got now other principals. So the growth, even where our principals are saying, I want to share this with my colleague. I want them to see what, what work we're doing. We didn't have that always before. It was more of a little bit closed system where we weren't necessarily that way. Now everybody's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll share my, my recording of this or that, you know, and 
share in this journey because I think we've just taken down some of those barriers where, yeah, we're talking about this. This is the work that we're doing. It is challenging work. It is exciting work, but let's let's get to it. So some of those pieces I think are are really um, where we've we've learned a great deal. I think even our focus of what pieces are we looking for data and evidence and why are we doing that? How does that inform us in what we're doing, right? We did it before, but now it's even more embedded and in purpose. So yeah, there's, but there's just been lots of learning. Norms, hey, norms are important, right? People are like, I had norms. And then they're like, yeah, norms are so important. It's, you know, so. I think it's interesting that you're seeing that from the divisional perspective, because we were speaking a couple of weeks ago with leaders from one of your school, and they said the same thing of, we felt empowered to share what it is that we're doing, where it might have been a little trepidation in doing that in the past, but now it's just about contributing to the greater learning that's happening within the division. So we'd like to share something that we feel is going really successfully. And I think creating those conditions at a system level then really help model that at a school level to be able to do the same thing. Well, and we had we had staff that were, you know, last year were kind of, you know, what what is this process about? Why do we want to share? But it's all about we're a learning organization. We yeah. want to have and be in a process of improvement. And you can't improve without feedback. You can't improve without somebody coming in and being a critical partner with you and saying, you know, these are things and the thoughtful questions. Okay, so what are you thinking about doing different, right? Like there's those pieces about also how it's approached out of just de generative dialogue and conversation. It isn't, you know, well, you should be here. No, it's it's curiosity really leads the day too with the work that we're doing, right? And I think that's that's so important because we, like I said, well, those teachers, you know, they weren't wanting to share, but now they're like, oh yeah, record. Yeah, for sure. Like we, this this helps us all. This this is helps. These are all of our students as well. It's really about building that culture of collaboration because as you're talking, I'm thinking, wow, uh, the power of what has happened through those, you know, pretty uh, defined structures and processes, but what results out of that is that beautiful openness to share with each other and collaborate and and be really honest about you know things that work and things that don't work. So, Lorna, right. you went where I was going to go. You, the <laughs> impact, right? The shift in culture and and the the excitement that I hear that you're as you're talking about breaking down those barriers and the openness and the sharing. And so, you're talking about the impact on staff. You mentioned though, there's been an impact for students. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? So, I guess in in elaboration, I don't know that we're going to see maybe the statistical impact, you know, or you know, some of those measures right away. We, I think we're positioning ourselves really well um, coming out of a pandemic with really spending a lot of effort in an area that's going to have a long-term effect yet. So I think there's there's pieces there that we we know and understand are really going to support our students. And I think one of the pieces that we, we know fundamentally that cornerstones um, the work that we're doing is that I think back to what Curtis had said that resonated well I think even on our first day um, with us in a gym uh, where we all came together with even our some of our lead guiding coalition staff the first you know our first introductory session was every student deserves a team so I think when we're starting to see like up until um, even up to our case consult team meetings and the structures that we're starting to have even from the role of 
uh, that, that, that I'm in and working in supporting schools, I see that there's more intensive focus. Um, is it is it that it's it's a little bit different than what we were doing before, and is it improving those pieces for those students? Absolutely. Uh, it's 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 clearing our communication lines, and it's a process. Are we there 100%? No, but I think that impact on students um, is significant. There is significantly there. So I think you know those pieces absolutely. When we have teachers attending um, effectively to some of the data pieces that they have at their fingertips that they're able to draw and bring up and say, I know where this fits into teaching practice and what I need to do to target that, we're going to see an automatic improvement in the teaching and learning that's happening in that classroom. And they have that team. And I think that's some of those pieces when we said that that connection to collective teacher efficacy is there because they're actually understanding, hey, yeah, I got a similar day job. Yeah, I know what's going on in your classroom. I know that we're 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 engaged in the same kind of teaching practice and that we're wanting to see that improvement for our kids. And it's data informed. Hey, that's this is telling us this that we need to do something. Let's 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 do that. And there's power in that in in those connections that people are making with each Christian, other. I know that the plan as as we've worked through bringing about collaborative response within Wetaskiwin Regional, we've set up leadership days where teams will come together and share what they've done, what have they seen as a next step, what have they learned. We have some um, individual consultation time that's helped to just help the principals particularly to think through um, what's happening within their own sites. We've given feedback on the collaborative team meetings. In your mind, what are you seeing as some potential next steps? for Wetaskiwin Regional as you look to move away from learning about collaborative response to really seeing it as sustainable framework for in engagement and discussion of instruction within your division? Oh, that's a good question, Curtis, because I think, you know, our, 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 we're naturally, because of the structures and I guess the, the template or let's put plan, right? So plan, you have to have a plan and then that plan changes depending on, you know, evidence and things that you're collecting. So our next, next natural evolution, I think, is that we're, we're looking at it just the work being more consistently, um, I would say, embedded or into our culture. That when you look at a, a, a process or a practice, it, it, it should just become a natural, this is just what we do. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we'll go back to maybe the coaching pieces, right? There's, there's time where you have, you know, I think back to the, what, what is the teacher saying? You know, like, I'm going to show you uh, what's the next step. I think then it's like, we're going to show you again, and then maybe we'll do it together. And then maybe you're going to do it by yourself. And then, you know, yeah. like those types of pieces. And that I think, gradual release of responsibility. Yeah, responsibility. And I think there's pieces of that, but at the same time, I think that's where our next progression is for us to move. I think, you know, there's still work around where at the end of the year, we, we do a, a take stock of where we're at. Do we have our well-developed continuum of supports? Do we, and are we utilizing our, some of our, like, as we said, you know, there are some pieces about organizing our collaborative team meetings. So mm -hmm. is there, are, are those pieces where we need to have them be at our sites? Are there, um, our well-established collaborative planning meetings. We're moving and wanting to have those also 
vertically and horizontally in the division, not just at a site, but also throughout the entire school division. Do we get there by the end of the year? So those kind of other layers of pieces, I think that are really uh, additive, uh, supportive, do we need to get there? Yeah, so that like year three, year four, but I think those pieces when we're talking about that it is just, this is what we do, this is how we do it um, and how we do our work, Curtis, I think is really our next step because I think we're we're over that, I would say we're over that implementation dip too. Like we're we're into, yeah, this is, this is what we're doing, this is the work, but I think we need to be sure that the fidelity and the practice is there and then we just want to con be consistent and and have that level. Well, I think that's that transitional shift between collaborative response is a priority to no no collaborative response is the vehicle to meet our yeah. our priorities. Yeah. No, and well said Curtis. Yeah. That that is that is completely it because we do it, it does move away from that oh this resides in our strategic plan and this is part no this is now what we do to address um numeracy and literacy focused yeah. areas, wellness and, and well-being, right, for our students and our staff. So then it is just the vehicle, right? Like that is what and how we do it. So, so Kristen, Curtis asked you to look forward and we now get to be to the point in the episode where I get to ask you the same question I get to put everybody through. And it's, it's a reflection piece. This question is brought to you by WeCollab. Designed by educators for educators, this comprehensive digital system aligns with the foundational components of collaborative response. Moving from conversation to action, WeCollab empowers classrooms, schools, and systems to provide the very best response for each and every child by informing action-based decision-making with data and evidence supporting student success. So if you could go back in the spirit of, if I knew then what I know now, what advice would you give yourself about this work? Oh, well, I, I reflect back because so what I know now, I wish I would have known when also when I was a principal, I think. So I was like, man alive, you know, because I, I didn't have that. I didn't have connection with other principals when I was doing the work. I had my vice principal and we're like, you know what, these are kind of ways that we can be doing the work and let's, 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 uh, you know, so we're going through the book and we're putting, you know, how do these pieces work in our school? I think what I know now I was like, that's such a great learning journey, but boy, were we making some missteps in some different ways and different things, which is good because I, you know, that that's that's a great piece. Um, I think what we've always going back to, I guess, what I wish I would have known. I think I'm just really excited that from the beginning. It, it, it has just been a cycle of learning. I can't say that, you know, I wish I would have known because it would have made it easier because I think part of the process, I think, Jen, is, is, is that learning. When you struggle and have to wrestle with things, there's that productiveness that comes out of that. Yeah. You get, you get even better in your foundation. So if you, I think if I were to say, oh yeah, you know, here's, here's the cheat code. That's what we always talk about, you know, the X zeros and you're gaming and you do, 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 and then, oh, cheat code and I'm here. Like, you know, you're playing, go back to playing hockey, you know, NHL, you know, 2022 and you can run a cheat code and Connor McDavid goes five hole and he just kind of glitches and the goalie's like, what happened, right? Like that, that happens anyway in real life. That anyhow, <laughs> that's like a cheat code. Like, <laughs> if you could go back and give yourself time, I think I'm really proud of the process that we took, the engagement that we had, 
the productive struggle that we had because out of that, the work we, we brought our leadership team along, we brought um, our staff and school along. I think one of the pieces that learning wise that I wish maybe we could have looked at differently. I know we had our guiding coalitions at the very beginning year one. I think one of the pieces that I would have liked to have thought about doing was how would we have kept that large group consistently throughout. But we had a thing that was kind of a barrier that was kind of called COVID. Yeah. So the powerfulness of what we had when we first had everyone together, that really energized and moved things. And I think that was, we had to adapt and move. Would I have done that a little bit differently? I think I would have, Jen. So I think that piece of just having, because then we kind of compressed into a smaller, okay, let's stay with the leadership team. They're the ones going out and doing the work. So we kind of adapted also because of things that were around us. So that would be a piece. But those those elements of productive struggle, it, it's okay to be in there. It's okay to wrestle with it and go, man, I don't know if we've got it right now, we'll, but we're going to figure it out. And then the common, I guess, expertise with within our, we call it the, you know, our, our central admin team and everyone else, we're going to get there, right? So. I guess, yeah. No cheat codes. Awesome. No cheat codes. <laughs> no cheat codes. <laughs> okay, one more question before I let you go, Christian, because I know you're a very valuable person. You are south of Edmonton, so in between Edmonton and Calgary. Are you yeah. an Oilers fan or a Flames fan? Well, should I go and grab my like my Oilers jersey from when I was like seven that's hanging in my office i think he answered the question he just answered the question just, i'm just making sure you're on the same page with curtis and lorna like, oh, that's all oh, yeah yeah i think you know red deer isn't even necessarily the cutoff so i don't know um yeah no hard you know grew up uh through the era of barely able to keep awake during the the the, the stanley cup games getting woken up by everybody screaming to watch, you know, and like as a kid and just absolutely adore the Oilers. So yeah, hard, hardcore Oilers fan through and through for sure. Well, so I have just a couple like of last pieces to put to that then. If there are any audiences outside of Canada listening to this, we definitely added an element of Canadiana to this. <laughs> and for any of those jurisdictions in Southern Alberta who may not share the same tastes in hockey. We hope it hasn't discredited um, the other great things that Christian has brought to us here today. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Christian. Christian, thank you so much for your time and sharing Thanks. the task yes. and regional public's journey. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me and giving me this opportunity. It's just a, it's a great part to be part of, uh, you know, all of you and have a relationship, right? And I think that's that, that's a key that we have a relationship. And that I, I think I remember introducing you, Curtis. I welcomed you as a staff member. That you are you are part of WRPS. So's Jen, so's Lorna, like the team that it wasn't just a here's a here's an add-on joining to us, that you are truly um, members of our team and impacting our students. So right back at you all that we we thank you for, for working with us and being part of our team. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so much, much Christian. Ensuring success for all students is a moral imperative for all schools, but it takes a highly coordinated framework of structures and processes to maximize the collective capacity of the team. In collaborative response, three foundational components that transform how we respond to the needs of learners, we share an organizational mindset that involves fundamental shifts for schools and districts. 
Numerous school and district examples, as well as access to a large number of resources, are provided within the text and in the accompanying companion website. Join the growing number of schools using collaborative response to ensure high levels of success for students and staff, stemming from the essential belief that every child deserves a team. Okay, aside from the fact that he's an Oilers fan, which I know gravitates to, to all of us. <laughs> and again, we apologize to our Southern colleagues if this is uh, putting you off any of the- Abrasive. <laughs> any of the podcast content here. We love all hockey fans. We just- There we go. It, right? Um, there were a number of key learnings that, that came out of what he was sharing. So Lorna, like, why don't you go first? Yeah, you know, one of the, the big things that he talked about is that productive struggle. Yeah, yeah. That engaging with his schools and uh, really thinking about how do we how do we make decisions on our own, even within that framework? And sometimes we take the right steps and sometimes we don't. And, and Christian talked about, which I loved, having cheat codes. <laughs> we wish there were cheat codes. Well, we wish there were too, but there is definitely a benefit from going through that productive struggle. And I think Chris was pointing to the idea of you know, in some contexts, cheat codes would be nice, but in the process of collaborative response, there's value to struggling to, you know, he talked about an implementation dip and we know that implementation dips are a necessary part of, of change learning. You know, I, to me, it really goes back to that idea of what is truly learning and trying to take that to a system perspective of we're learning as a system which is highly, highly complex and needs to be coordinated. I also resonated with what he said around, you know, as a principal and vice principal, we're trying to figure this out on our own, but man, it, once you take the power of a system in other schools, it just takes that conversation to a next level, which is what they've done in Wetaskiwin Regional. You know what though, the, just to jump on that, um, the other challenge that many districts face is that succession planning, that mm -hmm. once you've kind of gone through that implementation, and, and we typically work with school divisions for about three years, and but at that third year, there is the question of what's next, how do we um, get to that place of this is just the way that we do things. And I think one of the things uh, that really stood out to me from Christian's conversation was uh, the importance of district leaders understanding this work and being able to carry it beyond that implementation. I think that brings their guiding coalition to the to the forefront in that it's it's not top-down decision-making. It really is um, getting the feedback. Curtis, you talked about that loop, right? Putting it out there, getting it back. And so when it comes to this is how we operate, that group is going to be the group that says, we need to go back and revisit because our colleagues are saying, we need to go back and revisit because our students are doing certain things. They're gonna notice. And, and I think that that group that's advising the, the system level leadership is going to be key. Well, and really what that's doing too is setting up layers of modeling so that as a system, we're modeling 
for the schools how we're engaging in in a learning process and then as school leaders go back and model for their staff which then we hope has that reciprocal um, impact of so teachers now within your classrooms how do you start to model that cycle of learning and again I, I love the idea that it's not a clean process there's struggle there's um, there's tension I guess intellectual tension that we want to see when real learning is truly uh, happening but always being able to have that cycle, that uh, opportunities to come back to that learning as yeah. well. So with whether it's looping, within right? a, yeah, with whether it's within a coalition or whether it's within the district leadership team or or even the admin team, like how do you keep that opportunity of that cyclical learning alive? Because I think you still need to create the intention of doing that. So Absolutely. we were going to summarize these key learnings then. We're talking about the value of the productive struggle and through that, the impact on culture for staff and how that productive struggle actually really enhances the real learning about the process. And then the other pieces that we're talking about, the cyclical nature, like all of that, again, is still going to come out of that productive struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think it's, understanding and, and connecting change theory to collaborative response work. And again, when you're engaging in that, especially at a system level, there is um, iterative cycles that we're going to go through as a, as a system in implementing this work. Again, Lorna and I have said many, many times, and you've heard this, Jen, simple in design, complex in actualization. And I think Christian really hit the nail on the head today about navigating that complexity, but doing it in a way that's just valuing each and every learner in the process. And you know, that productive struggle that we go through within our teams is actually building our collaborative culture yeah. through that struggle, which is really uh, quite empowering as well. For more on collaborative response, visit jigsawlearning.ca or join the JL Insider to receive access to newly added resources and content. Make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and the Jigsaw Learning YouTube channel to access past and upcoming episodes. Join us again for more conversations about establishing, refining, and deepening collaborative response.